Hello, everybody, and welcome into this week's episode of Around the Slice. Now, today, we're not going to really do anything in-depth, no, like, rankings or tier lists, any of that. I just wanted to have a laid-back conversation to check in on what's been going on with the Buffalo Bills and what they've been operating as a team for the last week or so. So just give you a quick snapshot of what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be covering everything from the Ed Oliver extension, the additions of Leonard Floyd and Cam Dantzler, uh, and obviously Josh Allen being the cover athlete, chosen as the cover athlete for Man 24. And then we're going to end off with uh, which was extremely difficult to parse through, a 53-man roster projection, according to my own personal opinion, of course. So, Let's just get into it. First, I'm going to go in order of how these things happen and how the Bills got to this point with the order of how these happened. First, at Oliver Extension. So let me give you the details in terms of money and financials. And then I'll give you my quick snap um, takeaways after thinking about it for um, the past week and how my critical take on it and then my optimistic take on it, positive, negatives, all that. So the official details are of the at Oliver Extension. It's a four-year $68 million extension, so $17 million. So tack on four more years to his fifth-year option this year, which we'll get to the money, what that was going to be in a minute. But so it's basically five years, but the extension number is four years, 68, 17 per year, $45 million guaranteed. Now that's a lot of guarantees for a defensive tackle, and I will get into that in a minute. Uh, $14.75 million signing bonus it includes. Uh, Oliver's 2023 base salary is... $2.028 because remember, the extension doesn't uh, kick in to the year after this year. It's the 2024 season. So that's why his base salary is just low like that for this year. Uh, but this extension creates $5.775 million in cash space, which they use to sign a couple of players that we'll get to after this in a minute here. Uh, Oliver, before this extension, was set to account for $10.753 million in cap space on its fully guaranteed Fifth-year option. So, again, his fifth-year option was going to be 10.753, and all of that would have been guaranteed against the cap. So, this does clear cap space. Um, quick thoughts. I want to get start negative and then end positively as we roll on here. Uh, move on, excuse me. My critical take is Ed Oliver, obviously, number nine overall pick in 2019. And he's been... Kind of disappointing. He had five sacks his rookie year. I don't want to mess this up, so I'm going to look. I'm looking up this up um, on Google quick. I don't want to mess this up. Why guess when the internet's literally right here? Um, Ed Oliver. Career stats. Because I know he hasn't lived up to my expectations. Um, but So his rookie year in 2019, he had... Da, 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 14, no, wait, he has 14 half sacks in his career. So rookie year, 19, five sacks. His second year in the league in 23, and then 2021, four. In 2022, 2.5. So his peak, if you will, in terms of sacks, was five in his rookie year. We need more. 2.5, two and a half, however you want to say it, uh, whatever you term it, is not acceptable. I know he's a defensive tackle, so they're not like pass rushers going, pushing double digits. But ideally, you want your def- star, quote-unquote, star defensive tackle that you drafted not number nine overall and invested heavy resources in to get six to seven, maybe eight, but ideally six to seven sacks at least. And he peaked his rookie year with five, like I just mentioned. Um, and then, like I said, he's been disappointing because if you remember correctly, which I do obviously because I'm going to explain here, 
as we move along in a minute, in 2019, in the first round, I can't remember the order, but I know Ad, Ad Oliver was drafted in the first round that year. So was Quinn Williams, Jets. So was Christian Wilkins, Dolphins. Dexter Lawrence, Giants. Um, and Jeffrey Simmons, Titans. And Simmons and Quinn Williams and Dexter Lawrence, really, have all turned into elite players. And Quinn Williams looks to get the bag soon in terms of money. And then... Quinn and Will- Jeffrey Simmons and Dexter Lawrence just signed deals in the 23-25 range. I can't remember the exact numbers. But my point is, he's been the worst out of those five. Wilkins is trying to get money. He's probably going to ask for more now or on the same as Oliver looking at that. Quinny Williams will probably push, even get to $25 million a year. So, But Oliver is easily the worst in my opinion. You could argue with Wilkins because he doesn't get me sexy there. But I feel like Wilkins is a better run stuffer. Um, so this raises the expectations for Ed Oliver, right? This actually puts pressure on him to produce, not just sacks. Like I said, this year I want to see him get to six to seven sacks, get the highest sack total of his career. But I also want him to be a disruptor as well. He doesn't have long arms, so I'm not expecting him to tip the ball up. He only has like, what, 31, 32 inch arms? That's kind of undersized for a defensive tackle. He's an undersized defensive tackle in general. He's only like 6'1", 280, 31, 32-inch arms. I think it's 31. Either way, that's still short arms. So he's not going to tip balls. That's for your pass rushers. That's like a Greg Rousseau who has tons of length at 6'7", 270. But on top of sacks, I already mentioned that. I want him to get tackles for loss, maybe some forced fumbles, some fumbles cover. I want him always to be around the ball. I want him to be a disruptor. We've seen flashes of it, especially in those Thanksgiving games, right? In Thanksgiving against the Cowboys his rookie year, he really showed us some flashes. Against And then Thanksgiving this past year against the Lions, he was really dominant. He had a safety. I want to see him make those splash plays, safeties, sacks, tackles for loss, fumble recoveries, strip sacks, fumble recoveries, uh, I said that, forced fumbles. I want to see him, maybe he's not going to be a stat stuffer, but I also want to see him like get backfield disruption and even improve his run stuffing ability. Surprisingly, he's improved his run stuffing ability. He has surprisingly really good power, not like insane power, but for his size and uh, for his undersized build, body build, he has surprisingly really good power moves. Now, he can improve his finesse moves, but those are the type of disruptions I want to see from Ed Oliver, and it raises the bar and expectations from Bean. I obviously still believe in him. McDermott, now taking over a defensive coordinator and defensive play calling, obviously still believes in him. Eric Washington, defensive line coach, probably lobbied for this because he said last week, first two or three years in the league, Ed used to, like, just sit and be quiet in meetings and take tips from those veterans, but now he is one of those veterans. He's adding to the conversation. We don't really have young defensive line, but he's adding and asking a lot of questions in meetings, according to defensive line coach Eric Washington. He's he's knowing more tips and whatever else, so love to see it. He's more vocal, but and that's the critical side. The optimistic side of this, the positives, if you will, this... Maybe this pushes Ed Oliver to be great. This gives him motivation. It lights a fire. It lights a fire under him, if you will. Because he, he knows he's got to improve. He knows he has this big extension now. And if he doesn't, Bill's Mafia is going to be even more down his throat, down his neck, if you know what I mean. Um, uh, If you will, sorry. If you will, to, what am I trying to say? He has to produce. That's what I'm trying to say. He has to produce because... Pressure, 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 impact plays. 
Also, this locks up your defensive tackle, which is a premium position in the NFL. But premium, I mean, there's not many elite ones. I wouldn't call it over elite, but I can see why they did this. I question the timing of it, which we'll get to in a minute. I can see why they did this, though, because if you... Let's look at Tremaine Edmonds. Yes, I think he got overpaid by the Bears, like, by $34 million. But if he has a really good season, the best season of his career, like Tremaine Edmonds did, like Tremaine did, then he might walk for... Who knows? He could be pushing twenty million if he had a really dominant year. I wasn't forecasting that, but he could have. And in that case, you would have to spend a ton of money to draft a star. Draft. We'll get to that in a minute. To sign a star defensive tackle, and there's usually not like star top of the line, top tier defensive tackles on the market. There was a Trevon Hargrave this past year, but that's rare. A guy of his caliber at that position, be a position, or you would have to spend a first round pick on a rookie defensive tackle. They could have done it this past year with Byron Buzee, but they obviously believed in Ed Oliver. And the rookie defense tackles take a while to develop. Look at, I mean, look at Ed Oliver. This is all about him. Look at that. So that's my optimistic side. And then the timing of this. The, to do it now is kind of strange. Usually if you get a deal done before the season, it's in like, it's in training camp preseason, like August, not like OTA's time in like, or mandatory minicamp time in like June uh, the timing of this is kind of questionable. I was going to wait and see. I wanted to wait and see till Ed Oliver to get that, you know, hopefully breakout, quote-unquote breakout year this year. But obviously they still believe in him. That's my thoughts on the Ed Oliver extension. Quick snap thoughts. It A recap. It puts some pressure on him. He's got to make uh, big um, stat sheet plays and not stat sheet plays like tackles for loss, sacks, all those things we talked about. Uh, tip balls, even though he has short arms, so not really that, but yeah, Greg Rousseau for that and those pass searches, but you know what I mean. Uh, next, we have a couple additions. Leonard Floyd signing. So the Bills signed former Rams defensive and pass rusher Leonard Floyd to a one-year $7 million deal. It includes $1.165 million guaranteed. I'm I'm so, at, glad they didn't go overboard in the guarantees. Uh, $5.836 million signing bonus, so that's how you get to $7 million. So up to $2 million guaranteed, so the deal could become a $9 million max value deal. His 2023 cap charges $2.6 million. So this isn't uh, coming for the vet minimum. The vet minimum is on like $2-$3 million, I believe. So this guy is a stud pass rusher. He's, he, even though he's 31, we can see with Vaughn even and like Bruce Smith, he still produced well into his career in the 90s. Um, early to mid mid nineties, there, I took a screenshot. I looked up, courtesy of ESPN, his stats. Leonard Floyd has had in two thousand twenty at the Rams ten point five sacks, and then two thousand twenty one nine point five, two thousand twenty two nine. So his last, he also had interception in two thousand twenty one, which means he has pretty good coverage skills for a pass rusher. Ideally, you don't want that to happen, but in a pinch, he does. Um, he's had twenty nine sacks the last three years of his career. And he reunites with Von Miller from that Super Bowl run when they won the Super Bowl. Now we have four players from that Super Bowl. Uh, did they win? Yeah, they won. Super Bowl winning Rams team. I'll blink for a minute. Because Super Bowl winning Rams team. Von Miller and Leonard Floyd is pass rushers. David Edwards is a uh, really nice guard piece. Taylor Rapp is a really underrated safety piece. Four players from that Rams team. So I love this Leonard Floyd edition. Quick thoughts. This immediately puts pressure on Boogie Basham. And I'm going to... Boogie Basham and AJ Epinesa, for that matter. And I'm going to say right now, like, I don't think this is a stretch at all and unrealistic. 
We might be looking at a trade for Boogie. I'm zeroing in on Boogie Basham because at least AJ Epinesa has shown like promise if he can maintain or improve in that six and a half sacks last year he had quietly. But Boogie Basham hasn't really done anything. So you would think he would at least fetch a mid-round pick. He's a former second-round pick. Really young, still only going into his third season. I wouldn't be surprised to see that because Shaq Lawson's still in the mix. Now you got Larry Floyd, Von Miller, AJ Epinesa. Shane Ray, who probably not going to make it, as you'll see in my projection. I don't think he will. Uh, 53 miles to projection, excuse me. But, yeah, one of these guys we have to go on. I think Boogie Basham's the odd man out here. So, um, that's why I think of Larry Floyd. And this, I know Von Miller is shooting for week one. Because he's been through this rehab press before. This is his third, excuse me, let me slow down. This is his third, Von Miller that is, third torn ACL in his career. So, he's used to the rehab process. I don't think he'll be out as long as Trey White. But I don't think he'll go week one. Um, like he says, I think he's guaranteed no later than week six. That was a guarantee from him when OTA started. So I think he'll be back week six. Uh, I wouldn't bother bringing him to London for week five. I don't, I don't see him want to get on a plane with his knee and the air issues and whatever. But yeah, but Leonard Floyd, very productive pass rusher, no matter what scheme he's in, fit he's in, blah, blah, blah. Um, obviously Sean McVay said him very nicely there, but yeah, I really like this in this, but don't be surprised if there's a trade coming for Boogie Bash. I mean, I'm not going to miss him too much, honestly, because he hasn't really done that much. Uh, this is a less skill signing, but still worth noting. Uh, former Vikings, thir- yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. The Bills signed cornerback Cameron Dantzler to a one-year deal. We don't have any details yet because it's just so new midweek this week. He's a former third-round pick in 2020 by the Vikings. His rookie year was okay. I, I thought he deserved to be on a roster. He is an interesting and weird arc. He must be not that good if the Vikings released him uh, after two years. I don't think he I Did he play at all last year? Yeah, he did. He played for the Vikings for three years. There's not much to say about this. He could probably compete. I don't think he's making it at, over any of the cornerbacks that we have now. But he can compete with Saran Neal, but I still think Saran Neal is the edge. Good, def- he knows the defensive scheme. Great gunner, great special team player. I think he can compete because you're you're gonna have one corner, cornerback on one corner on the practice squad, obviously. So he can compete with seventh round pick Alec Austin, who was out of Oregon State for that practice squad spot. And honestly, I think Dancer would win it. Not much to say about that though. Next, Josh and Man Twenty Four. Josh Allen, Bills franchise QB, has been selected as cover athlete for Madden 24. Fun fact, he's the first ever Buffalo Bills player to grace the cover. Uh, I'm going to geek out about this for a minute. I'm not going to get loud or anything. I just, this is so cool. Like, if you didn't know it before, Josh Allen was already a superstar, megastar. But if you're not aware, this officially signals and shows that Josh Allen has become a celebrity. He went to the SBs and he told some jokes there. And then he went to the played with Pat, Pat Mahomes, played with Patrick Mahomes in the match against Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers last June. And now he's on Man 24. I mean, he has just evolved into a celebrity from a zero star recruit kid out of the middle of nowhere on a small little uh, cattle farm in Fireball, California, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, zero star recruit. He sent 1,000 emails to co- different offensive coordinators and coaches across the country. He got, like, no responses, apparently. He went to Reedley Community College for one year, and then he got recruited by Wyoming, who was the only D1 school that offered him. And then he was a Wyoming Cowboy for four years, I believe it was. And then he got selected by the Bills 7th overall, and the rest is history. And then going from a very rough rookie year with Nathan Peterman, he was the starter after basically a week and a half because Nathan Peterman sucks, and it was terrible. 
<laughs> Put it lightly, but he was. Um, and then Josh Allen had more interceptions than touchdowns a rookie year. His that Cowboys game in a second year really proved okay, this can be something. In the third year, one of the biggest leaps down faster, he just took off. And then after that, in his fourth year, after that heartbreaker, 13 seconds, I hate to go back to that for obvious reasons, but I want to reference this. After that 13 second heartbreaker, he showed the whole NFL world and whole sports world, whole sports world, excuse me, that he was here to stay. Josh Allen is that dude. Now, there's some people complaining that, well, he didn't deserve it. It's just a small town in Western, small city in Western New York, Buffalo. Madden24 wants to get the market to drive up their numbers, and Josh Allen doesn't deserve it. Someone like Joe Burrow or even like um, Josh Jefferson should have been on there. How was Josh Allen popular? Sorry to be rude. But if you're saying that, like, you need to wake up. You're living under a rock. Do, do you watch Bills games? If you're saying that, you probably don't. Um, I know most of the audience, you guys, are Bills fans because I've talked to some of you. And we stopped with some of you before and had conversations. But you're probably not Bills fans. I understand, like, Patriots, Jets fans, Dolphins fans, whatever. That's cool. But if you're just some random fan, like, saying, oh, Josh Allen and blah, 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 this, blah, 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 he didn't deserve it. I have one question. Why? Like, why didn't he deserve it? He's a celebrity. Well, just because he's from Buffalo, New York, just because Western New York isn't recognized as, like, L.A. or Dallas or even, like, uh, Miami is this big, like, tourist destination. Why doesn't he deserve it? It's Josh Allen. Like, do, do you, seriously, do you pay attention to Bill's games? Uh, yeah, I don't understand. It's so stupid to me how so many people have turned on the Bills and so many people have turned on Josh Allen. Sorry to get my soapbox here, but I want to discuss this for a minute because I don't really understand. Like, can, can we just put this in perspective for a couple minutes, seconds here? The Bills have won 13 games in each of the last three, not 13, thir- uh, two of them are 13 win seasons, but they have won at least double digit games in each of the last three seasons, 20, 21, 22. They've been to at least the divisional round in each of the last three seasons. 20, tw- 21 playoffs, 22 playoffs, and 23 playoffs this past year. You know what the list of teams is that have been to at least the divisional round in the last three years each? Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. End of list. That's it. So there's no better time to be a Bills fan. And if you're saying Josh Allen doesn't deserve it and this Bills team is overhyped and this and that... Yeah, I understand, like, we get a Super Bowl over it, but only one team wins the Super Bowl every single year. Sorry to be all negative. I just wanted to get that out there. Like, I don't understand why people are turning on Josh Allen and Buffalo Bills all of a sudden. The Bills, why do, Why doesn't Josh Allen deserve it? Like, he's a superstar. And if you're saying that, uh, I'm sorry, but I don't know. You got you got to wake up. I don't know where <laughs> if you watch Josh Allen and where you've been. Uh, if I keep talking, I won't get more mad. Uh, I'm moving on. <laughs> sorry about that. I just had to say that. Going a little rant there. Uh, these are my quick snap takeaways. I kind of already discussed this. Ed Oliver extension shows Bills are committed to him. And they believe the best football, his best football, excuse me, is still ahead of him. We just discussed that. Um, uh, yeah, so. And then we kind of discussed this. Could a trade be on the way for either Adrian Panessa or Boogie Basham now that Leonard Floyd is in the mix? Because we have three star passers now in Greg Rousseau, who's tracking to be a star, Von Miller and Leonard Floyd, who's still pretty much a star in my opinion, not like a superstar or anything. But I've seen, we discussed 29 sacks the last three years. But I, I'm looking at Boogie Basham, at least happened as I had those numbers last year and keeps improving or at least maintains it. I'm looking at Boogie Basham not really that effective. 
I wouldn't miss him if we trade him. Uh, the addition of Leonard Floyd reduces the urgency of Von Miller having to come back right away. I discussed this. He can now take his time to rehab and recover from torn ACL. At least he knows the rehab process being his third one, like I mentioned and discussed. I know he wants to play week one, but I don't know how realistic that is. And then I got a question here, and this is very positive. Could the Bills have three players with double-digit sacks in 2023, being Greg Rousseau, Von Miller, and Leonard Floyd? Now, I don't know if that's ever been done. Like, three players have double-digit sacks in a season. I know for sure it's not the Bills. Uh, first of all, the Bills' last 10-sack season from a player was Lorenzo Alexander. I, in like, um, I can't remember. It was years ago. Point is Lorenzo Alexander, way before Josh Yonge. And he's a linebacker. Like, a linebacker is supposed to get double-digit sacks. That's how the bad the Bills were back then. Not many pass, good pass rushers, obviously. But I think Greg Rousseau could have double-digit Von Miller could have double digits. I'm fully banking on at least one or two of these guys to have double digits. But now in question, can all three of them have double digits? Like, that would be insane. And then sprinkle in, like, if we tried Buggy Basham, sprinkle in, like, Egypt, but that's maybe Shaq Lawson sticks around. Maybe you can get a couple sacks from delayed blitzes from Matt Milano, who's very good at uh, simulated pressures and delayed blitzes. And then... For maybe from corners, but I'm mainly focusing on these three passers in Rousseau, Miller, and Floyd. Can they all three get to double digit sacks? That'd be a world of perfection right there. That'd be amazing. Um, now this final cornerback spot, like I mentioned, may come down to Saran Neal versus Cam Dantzler. I think Cam Dantzler will probably be fighting Alex Austin for that co- practice corner spot because I can have two corners in the practice squad. Uh, now there's 16, but you still could be in the practice squad as opposed to 10 from a couple years ago. It's changed. But you're not going to have two corners, so I think Serena Neal does get that final active roster, 53-man roster corner spot, as you'll see in my projection, because he, he's a great special teamer, amazing gunner for us. He's a core special teamer right up there with, like, uh, we don't have Tyron Jones anymore, Tyler Medikiewicz, Serena Neal, Cam Lewis, so we'll talk about man. Those guys have been effective for us. Um, core special teamers let their whole careers at Buffalo. Is this the best roster Brandon Bean has ever assembled? And it goes into my next point. There's competition everywhere here. There's competition on the interior offensive line at guard with Osiris Torrance. We picked in the second round. David Edwards could maybe start. Connor McGovern could maybe start. And Ryan Bates could maybe start. There's competition at defensive tackle. Obviously, we got Ed Oliver. Obviously, we got Dagon Jones. But then you got Puna Ford, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips. I think one's the odd man out in my projection. You'll have to see which one. And then competition at defensive end. I think Floyd, Miller, Rousseau are locked. But then you have... Guys like AJ Epinesa, Shane Ray, Boogie Basham, who could be on the way out, but if he isn't, Boogie Basham, uh, Shane Ray, AJ Epinesa, and Shaq Lawson. And then at linebacker, too. First of all, who's going to be the starting linebacker? Is it going to be Tyrell Dotson? Is it going to be Terrell Bernard? Is it going to be Dorian Runes? And then settling the death behind that, Balaam Spector, AJ Klein, Traven Howard. And then at corner, obviously, I think Dane Jackson, Christian Bedford, Tredavious White, Kyer Elam, and... Taron Johnson or locks starting or not. I see Troy and Taron Johnson starting in the slot and then Troy on the outside. But apparently there's a starting competition between Christian Benford and Kyrie Elam and maybe Dane Jackson, even though you know how I feel about that. So it's probably mainly he's the short end of it. I don't like uh, it's not I don't think he's very talented. I don't know why he gets on the field so much. But Kyrie Elam uh and Dane and 
Jane Jane. Christian Benford. And then obviously you got Saran Neal for special core special teamer. So I think this probably next week or relatively soon, really soon actually in the immediate near future, we're going to compare this roster to the 2021-22 rosters heading into 2023. And I'll rank them each position group to see, in fact, is this the most best roster Brandon Bean has ever assembled. I'll tell you this right now, though. Going in, this is probably the most competitive uh, roster Brandon Bean has ever assembled because, like I said, there was competition literally everywhere, multiple spots on offense and defense. Um, Okay, this is the tough part. Uh, 53-man roster projection, obviously, keyword, you can only have 53. I'm going to explain who makes it and what cuts. I'm not going to predict the practice squad right now. I'll mention a guy notable if they're noble cuts, if they could be on the practice squad. Assuming they don't get signed by other teams or claimed off waivers when they do clear waivers or not clear waivers, however you term it. Um, I had like 60 guys in consideration for this and I had to parse through and get rid of seven. I hate to do any of that, but this is a really, really tough, very competitive roster, like I said, that Brandon Bean has assembled. So quarterback, this is straightforward. Josh Allen, Kyle Allen, your cut, and probably your pet strike could be Matt Barkley. Running back, this is pretty straightforward too. James Cook, Damian Harris, Naeem Hind, and Latavius Murray. Cut Jordan Mims. So we haven't really, because he's an undrafted free agent, we haven't really gotten any too tough decisions yet. Fullback, Reggie Gilliam, honestly. Wide receiver, this is pretty straightforward. Again, assuming no one gets injured for any of these positions, this is all healthy right now. Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir, Deontay Hardy, Trent Sherfield, and Justin Shorta. And your cuts are uh, Isaiah Coulter, Marcel Aitman, Keyshawn Johnson, Desmond Patton, Terrell Shavers, Brian Thompson, Jalen Wayne, who, fun fact, is the nephew of Reggie Wayne, uh, Colts, by the way, he should be in the Hall of Fame. How's he not in the Hall of Fame? Whatever. <laughs> That's off topic, but uh, how's he not? He was dominant for the Colts and Jalen Wayne's his nephew, but no one that's like, oh man, I can't believe we cut these. I can't believe we're going to lose these. Like, none of that yet. Tight end, Priestley Ford, Dustin Knox, Dalton Kincaid, Quentin Morris, Kotcher, Zach Davidson, Joel Wilson. Zach Davidson, like last year, can probably be your practice squad tight end. I don't think teams are going to be clamming for him. But this is where it gets interesting. Offensive line. I have nine here. I had a tenth, but you'll see who that tenth is in a minute. But I parsed it down to nine. Mitch Morse, Ryan Bates, Connor McGovern, Spencer Brown, Deion Dawkins, Osiris Torrance, David Edwards, Brandon Shell, Tommy Doyle. So I really like the composition of that. You have a nice mixture of tackles. An interior offensive lineman. Our cuts in the offensive line are Greg Manns, Ike Bodker, Nick Broker, Kevin Jarvis, Alec Anderson, Richard Garage, David Questenberry, and Ryan Van Ryan Van Demark or Ryan Van Denmark, excuse me. Uh, uh David Questenberry, I feel like once we sign Baron and Shell, he can be our swing tackle after that. And even Ryan Bates can play tackle. We have a lot of versatile athletic guys on this roster. And Ike Bodker, I know he's stuck around, but hopefully Brandon B can maybe trade um uh, Dave, either of Dave Edwards or Art Backer, maybe even both, because there's always need for offensive linemen at the end of camp. Injuries have been going into the season, blah, blah, all that. So I really debated Art Backer and even David Questerberry, but that's the nine I got in the active 53s thus far. Defensive tackle, this is interesting. Ed Oliver, Taekwon Jones, Puno Ford, Jordan Phillips, cuts Tim Settle. I really struggle with that. Tim Settle is not going to make a practice squad. If he gets caught, he isn't getting scooped over right away. I just don't. The reason I picked Jordan Phillips over him in the 53, over Settle, that is, excuse me, is because Jordan Phillips, I know he's injured a lot last year and he had a torn labrum for a lot of the years, playing through a torn labrum, torn shoulder, whatever you want to term it, however you want to say it. But when he's healthy, he's effective. And Tim Settle was healthy the whole year, pretty much. He only missed the game because he got nicked up here and there. He wasn't very effective. Like, I know he rode to a lot, but he wasn't very effective. So that's why Ilianku, Court, 
Tez Broughton and DJ Dale. We always like to have a couple defense tackles on our practice squad. So I would think Ilyanko and DJ Dale are the two there. Defensive end, Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, Leonard Floyd. Those three are locks in my opinion. And then AJ Benesson and Boogie Basham. So five defensive ends. I'm not predicting a trade right now. But if Boogie Basham does get traded, I have Shaq Loss as a cut right now. You can insert Shaq Lawson right there as that fifth defensive end. If Boogie Basham get traded, which again is not very unrealistic. But cuts Shaq Lawson, Kingsley Jonathan, Kendall Vickers, Cameron Klein, and Shane Ray. I think on your practice run, Kingsley Jonathan is a really nice young developmental piece. And then Shane Ray, maybe. Linebacker, Matt Milano, Doran Williams, Terrell Bernard, Tyrell Dotson. I think those four are locks. Tyrell Dotson knows the system. Doran Williams and Terrell Bernard are a young third round pick. And Matt Milano is obviously a superstar. Matt Milano. Uh, last two, though, five and six linebacker spots. I got AJ Klein and Tyler Matikiewicz. Now, my cuts are Traven Howard and Baylin Spector. Uh, these are really hard. Baylin Spector, seventh round pick last year. Hopefully, I don't think he'll get the practice squad. Someone's going to scoop him up. I think Traven Howard would be the guy for a practice squad, realistically. Traven Howard could make it over Klein, but again, he's an ex veteran leader who knows the system with all the way back with, uh, um, Linebackers coach Bobby Babich in Carolina and Sean McDermott, who's now taking over defensive play calling duties in Carolina. He can lead these young guys in Tyrell Dotson, whatever. And then Tyler Medikavich, special teams, core special teamer. So at some point down the line, though, we'll have to worry about getting rid of that. Him for core special teams, because I don't think you can have just special teams players with the new rules anymore. Not that you're not allowed, but I don't think there's that nucleus of need for them. But Traven Howard and Baylin Spector are caught with Traven Howard probably being in the practice squad. I don't think Baylin Spector would be. He'll get scooped out by a team, team excuse me, probably. Uh, cornerback corners are Tredavious White, Kerry Elam, Taryn Johnson, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford. Those have relaxed, in my opinion. And Saran Neal, I think what gives me the edge over Cam Dantzler, like we already said, is because... He knows this defensive system. He's been a core special teamer basically ever since he got you. My cuts are Cameron, Cam Dantzler, Cameron Dantzler, Alex Austin, seventh round pick, uh, Jamarcus Ingham, Cam Lewis. I know for a fact if Cam Lewis gets caught, he's going to get scooped up right away. Unfortunately, he's been here a while. But remember last year, he literally, the Dolphins were punting. It was a key situation in the game. Thank God we didn't lose. Or it would have been because of him if we did. But he literally tackled the punter. Like, he didn't just graze him. He tackled him. And it was roughing the punters, roughing the kicker, whatever it's called. So, yeah. But Alec Austin, Cam Dancer, ideally, I think they will battle for a practice squad corner spot. Uh, safety, we got four. This is really straightforward. Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Taylor Rapp, Damar Hamlin, Cots, Dean Marlowe, who knows this system. But, unfortunately, there's just no room. And then Zane Anderson, Jared Maiden, that's whatever. Kicker, Tyler Bass, punter, Sam Martin, long snapper, Reed Ferguson. So, that's your 53-man roster. And, unfortunately, I had to make decisions. My The ones that stand out to me, I already talked about things, but the linebackers are going to be super interesting. I wanted to have Trayvon Howard and Balen Specter on here, one or even both of them, but I just couldn't fit them. Uh, I, like I said, defense end, if you trade Boogie Basham, which again, is an unrealistic, you can insert Shaq Lawson right there, and then Kingsley Johnson's a nice developmental piece to stay on the practice squad. So again, guys, I just wanted to check in on some Bills rumors lately. So yeah, that, that's all for today. I know kind of a shorter podcast episode, we're at like hovering around 31 minutes right now, right at 31 minutes. So I wanted to give you a guys kind of smaller bite-sized episode, because I know we've had some around hour-long episodes lately, so this is, you can consume it wherever um you want, and speaking of consuming it wherever you want, you can 
uh, follow me on Twitter at AWineGunner13. Follow the podcast on Twitter at AroundSlice. And by the way, we do have a TikTok account now where I give instant reactions to certain things. Like, Dublin Cook just got released yesterday. I, I'm not going to spoil the landing spots here. I gave two landing spots that I don't understand that have been rooted in two really great landing spots for him. So, um, TikTok is, what's the handle here? Um, apologies for the wait. TikTok is at, TikTok is around the slice and the TikTok, obviously, I just keep saying. Uh, but we're going to do like food rankings tier list. I just saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Hopefully you've seen a great movie, but I have some flaws in it, so I just reacted to that out of the theater reaction. Um, I might do a bonus podcast episode for that. I got some things in the works, but I can't wait for what's coming up this summer and in the fall. But yeah, look for those TikToks, instant reaction to food. Really, whatever you guys want, you can suggest on Twitter. And um, you can listen to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And please, whatever platform you prefer listening to it on, please rate, review, share, and subscribe. Uh, I loved talking with you guys today. Hopefully you love talking with me today. And I will talk to you guys next week. See ya.